Hey, humanoids. On today's Masked Man show, Schilling and I break down a great episode of Monday Night Raw, preview the upcoming Elimination Chamber pay-per-view, and, uh, you know, have some really hot takes somewhere in between. As always, we are brought to you by the Ringer Podcast Network, where you can hear my other podcast, The Press Box, where me and my longtime tag team partner, Brian Curtis, discuss sports and media and occasionally politics uh, in, in hopefully an intelligent way. And we're also brought to you by TheRinger.com, where if you go there right now, you can find Kenny Herzog writing about this week's Raw and uh, the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view before it happens. And, uh, and also check out our uh, LeBron-Michael Jordan Week package, where we have all of our great basketball writers comparing these two legends and trying to decide who's better. Spoiler alert, the answer is Dirk Nowitzki. <laughs> now, let's get to the show. What's up, guys? It's your girl, WWE superstar, the legit boss, Sasha Banks. Hey, this is WWE superstar Braun Strowman. My name's Kevin Owens. I'm uh, Shinsuke Nakamura. I'm AJ Styles, the phenomenal one, if you will, and you're listening to The Masked Man Show. And you are listening to The Masked Man Show. And you're listening to The Masked Man Show. Welcome to the Masked Man Show. I'm here with Dave Schilling, Big Daddy Dave Schilling. That's right, I'm still a father. That's great news for everyone listening. I know people uh, are checking in to make sure that he's not, you know, seriously injured. Yeah, no, come on. All his fingers and toes are still there. I have not dropped him once. He started with eight, he's going to end up with eight. Hey, now. Um, listen, we are not videotaping this for the first time in a long time, which is great. We're both w- recording in underwear. Yeah, back to the back to the original, like wrestling T-shirts and underoos <laughs> look of this podcast. I'm wearing me undies. That's not true. That's not true. It might be true. Calvin Klein for me. Um, we got a lot to talk about this week. Elimination Chamber is this Sunday. The Elimination Chamber is it the? It's just Elimination Chamber based on the logo treatment. We had a an incredible gauntlet match on Monday Night Raw. Um, we but before we get to those things. The most important wrestling match. There were two really important wrestling matches this week that were more important than anything on Raw or that will be on Elimination Chamber. Oh, come on, brother. One was Johnny Gargano uh, losing to Andre Cien Almas be, because of uh, you know, his old buddy interfering. Um, but more importantly, losing his NXT roster spot. Do you have any thoughts on this matter? Well... Um, it doesn't seem likely that he's going to leave NXT before they have the blow off. Really? So this, well, yeah. Are they going to have a no holds barred match or like a like a unsanctioned unsanctioned sure. match between him and Champa? And then, assuming he's actually gone, and this, I mean, I I I kind of feel like this is legit. That, that it's either time for him to move up to the main roster or become the new anchor of Two Hundred Five Live. One of the new anchors. They've signed a lot of guys. Well, uh, I think. The first suggestion that he's going up to Raw or SmackDown is interesting because I, I, I feel like he might get lost in the shuffle in a, a roster that is right now very loaded, even on SmackDown. And I know people will say, well, SmackDown is struggling and I saw those pictures and there's nobody's in the, in the arena and fans aren't, aren't, aren't excited about this. But there's still a lot of talent there, especially at the top of the card. On SmackDown. On SmackDown. And then Raw, I mean, we saw the gauntlet match. There's just, like, so much star power on that show. And they were able to have one match that lasted half the show. All right, but just for the sake of argument, let's say you're calling it, you're in charge of WWE Creative. You're bringing bringing him up to the main roster, right? Johnny Gargano, and I'm on the record many times as saying over the years, if he were six inches taller, he'd be the face of WWE. Sure. But he's a smaller guy. He could easily compete on 205 Live. But if you're definitely going to bring him up to Raw or SmackDown, do you bring him up to SmackDown where Randy Orton and Jinder Mahal aside, the average height is is smaller, and make him just kind of look like a smaller one of the main dudes? Or do you bring him up to Raw where he is so clearly an undersized underdog and let that be his gimmick? What would you, what would you pick? SmackDown to me right now is like Ring of Honor Jace because of the reasons yeah. that you pointed out. And Raw is 
classic WWE. I mean, even though the Seth Rollinses and Finn Balor's of the world are not huge, you still got all the beef mm-hmm. on Raw. So I, if I had to choose between the two, I would say SmackDown. But I think your second suggestion, putting him on 205 Live, is the move. And assuming that they're not going to do the blow-off, that Ciampa is not healthy, that it just doesn't work out timing-wise, you do that match on 205 Live. Because it's got heat. Well, we have... I mean, that, that, is, a, that is an interesting thing, because Ciampa's not doesn't directly factor into the main event scene on NXT either. Like, we're going to get Almas versus Black the night before WrestleMania, I guess. Yeah. Um, but we have... Okay, so speaking of 205 Live, we have a bracket for the new championship. I mean, for the, for the vacant two, uh, Cruiserweight Championship. It's all filled in. So it's not like, unless there's an injury or whatever, we don't have an opportunity for like Gargano to make an appearance in the semis. You know, we got to buy because whatever. Um, so any way to introduce him into 205 Live between now and WrestleMania, save a wacky booking thing like an injury replacement, would be pretty underwhelming, right? Yeah. I mean, you got to kind of wait for there to be a new champion and let Gargano come out and Challenge him. So, yeah, it makes sense that they would do an unsanctioned match WrestleMania weekend between him and Ciampa. If you want to blow it off at WrestleMania, if you want to save it and have Gargano go to 205 Live the night after WrestleMania, challenge the new champion who hypothetically would be a heel. I'm not sure who that would be, uh, but do that and then have uh, Ciampa ruin it for him and then transition into that big match and, and give some shine to 205 Live. That might be the best solution to every problem that we've mentioned we yeah i don't i don't i don't disagree i don't disagree with that i think that you know it's it's hard to imagine 205 live ever becoming or the cruiserweight division or whatever ever really you know becoming on par with smackdown or something but if you want a fantasy book it would be with gargano appearing on the raw after wrestlemania getting the huge pop and just being like I'm not here for Raw. I'm here. I'm, I'm joining 205 Live. Yeah. You know, and like, really, like trying to give them some credibility that that pop brings in. Anyway, the other match I wanted to talk about, and you know this, Dave Schilling. I know. I got the, a, a harried text message. People were, while, while everybody else was eagerly like tweeting about uh, the, the gauntlet match, I was I was texting Dave Schilling well, the next day and saying, Buddy, uh, Buddy Murphy is my favorite wrestler. <laughs> And I was gobsmacked that you felt like you needed to inform me immediately that you love Buddy Murphy. I watched the match. I watched the the episode 205 live uh, just to get that out of the way, uh, get this out of the way. I think the presentation of the show is significantly better. I mean, I'm really if enjoying could, it. If it, could be a not, if it could be a never-ending tournament, 205 live would be a better show. Absolutely. Or having... Like we always say, a little bit more of a real sports vibe and having rankings and and that kind of thing. And and you knowing who the number one contender is at all times. That would be great. I watched the match. Buddy Murphy uh, has some really great strikes. He uh, His facials are really strong. He brought me into an otherwise heatless match mm-hmm. and got me interested in it, which is something that we'll talk about in the gauntlet match as well. Yeah. Because I think that was really... Uh, helped out by the fact that guys like Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins are so good at at drama. And and Buddy Murphy I think is it has the potential to be very good at the drama of professional wrestling. Yeah, I, I mean, don't know if he's the star of the show. Nah, I I actually don't think that I mean, I could imagine him getting the push, whatever. I I have a, I have an easier time I have a harder time imagining him as the face of 205 Live than I do imagining him as like you know, filling like an AJ Styles role on SmackDown. I mean, not maybe not to the obviously AJ Styles is a living legend, but like to be the not like the the slightly undersized but acrobatic makes up for it sort of guy. I mean, he he could do that. And I said, I texted you, he's closer physically to like an AJ than to you know the rest of the cruisers because he looks like he could go on the main roster. Even he, somehow he cut forty pounds to be on two hundred five live or whatever. And they're you know I think they're they're they're, they're it's a little bit of a shoot. I mean, it's obviously a lot of a shoot. He's his body mass is like his body fat index is zero right now, but somehow he got like twice as big in the process. Like his muscles, he looks like he's bigger than Neville. Yeah, he's ridiculous. really thick. And and Neville, the question was always, does he is it believable for him to to participate in this brand? Because even though he's short, he's big. Yeah, he's wide. So you put Neville next to Arya Davari, or you put Buddy Murphy, or even somebody next to with him. like a sort of like human physique like Drew Gulak. Exactly. It's like, oh, is this does this make sense? Yeah. But I that's 
probably not the biggest concern WWE has right now. The cruiserweight division is some guys look thicker than others. Yeah. I mean, I just think when you're dealing, when you're actually like, like categorizing by weight, you're going to have a lot of different body types in the pro wrestling world. Totally. That'd be great if the 205 Live had one like really short fat dude. (laughs) Uh, I'm available. I'm not that short. But uh, I think the important thing with Buddy Murphy is that in a situation like on 205 Live where there is often zero heat Mm -hmm. because they're going after SmackDown and after Mixed Match Challenge, you need somebody who can get the crowd at least vaguely interested in what they're seeing. And that's not always from great high spots. Sometimes it's from the little subtle things that you do to camera or to the crowd. Yeah. Uh, the facials, like I said, I think he could help with that. Yeah, I mean, I think if you look at the the, the bracket right now and the 205 roster in general, I mean, we're, we're obviously more interested in it now that this tournament's going on. I think most people listening to this, if they're ever going to watch or watching right now or paying attention at least, um... But that said, there's no magic bullet for this. You know, if, if Ricochet showed up next week, that wouldn't make a significant more, number of more people watch, right? Rey Mysterio probably wouldn't move the needle that much. Um, you know, for right now, the people who are going to watch are like, it's it's a pretty, you know, it, it's on the net. It's a network exclusive. It's, it's you know, a certain set of real hardcore fans that, are, that want an extra hour of wrestling every week, you know? And um, if you look at what they have now, I mean... Obviously, not all of the people in the in the bracket are like super duper stars, but TJP, Cedric, Roddy Strong, Kalisto, um, Buddy Murphy, who obviously we just talked about, Drew Gulak, even Mark Andrews, who I'm not a particularly big fan of, has a lot of that sort of X factor to a lot of to a lot of viewers. Um, Mustafa Ali is getting a nice crowd response. You know, I mean, uh, putting Ricochet in there would be fun and exciting and. Whatever, but it's not like an earth-shattering move, you know? It, really, the, they're going to struggle until they figure out how to present the product in a way well, where the crowd is excited. True. So, But uh, by by signing Buddy Murphy, they've done a great job. So yeah, far. There, so there far, you go. So far, so good. I am on Team Buddy Murphy. Now I, we're going to talk about the match that really yeah. matters. Um, the gauntlet match that opened Monday Night Raw. It sort of reminded me of, you know, in uh, like prestige television where they do... Like the, like the Breaking Bad episode that just took place in, in the, the meth lab and they had the oh, like fly. It's, like a, it's a bottle episode. Yeah, it it's felt like a like, bottle episode. Like Ryan Johnson is here and we're just letting him just like, it's going to begin and end at the same place. Basically. It's like, oh my God, this is just going to keep going. But it's the it's the one that always gets the Emmys. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I, I totally agree. I think that's a great parallel. I mean, you can also, I was just thinking about this, draw the parallel to the tournament that they're doing right now in 205. It's that that like, it never ceases to amaze me that the things that get that it comes as, as a surprise when the the things that get people to watch wrestling is wrestling, right? It's like you know what we should do on Raw instead of the same thing we do every week. Just have a two hour wrestling match. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's also uh, just the fact that the formula was shaken up a little bit. That we didn't have the same like in ring promo uh, confrontation physicality, mm-hmm. match, main event made for the later in the show with yeah. Kurt Angle and then, you know, backstage segment and then a women's match. You know, that there, stuff, there weren't even any stakes to this match, right? None, none. I mean, I spent the first five minutes of the match trying to figure out what what the stakes were going to be. I, I, there had to be, but, that, but not even having stakes was more interesting than having stakes. It was momentum, brother. Yeah. I mean, and, and the, the announcers did a great job, Corey especially, uh, his haircut aside, uh, had a great <laughs> showing on Monday night, just sort of saying, like, what the hell are they doing? You know, like, why is Seth Rollins killing himself right now? Because they won it so bad. Well, and part of it was like, they obviously didn't use this terminology, but it was like, he's concussed. Like, you know, it's like, <laughs> he doesn't know, he can't get, he's not together enough to realize that he shouldn't be doing this. Right. Uh, also, you got to give props to Coach, who I said multiple times in the last couple of weeks has really added a legitimacy yeah. and, and a storytelling acumen that just wasn't there when Booker T and Otunga were on the show. So uh, that's great. Also, they booked it perfectly yes. that you start Seth Rollins, who everybody kind of loves. You know, even if you're not a huge Seth Rollins mark and buying his T-shirts. You're, you're happy st- to see him in this position again. Yeah. And then he's wrestling Roman Reigns mm-hmm. and John Cena. Yeah. Two guys who can get heat just by sneezing. Well, 
I think they started exactly right. Get Roman Reigns out there. He did his little interview or whatever. But then, you know, kind of let him soak up the heat and then work through that. I mean, that's it. Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns is always hated so much more when he comes out than when he leaves. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, but like it, it's not it's not X-Pac heat. It's not like we're just we hate you so much. It's we enjoy booing you so much. But then it's not sometimes he really earns some cheers by the end. And sometimes people just get tired of booing. But like by the, after he wrestles a match. Especially if he loses, no one's mad at the guy by the end, to the degree they were booing him at the beginning. Right. So they let these two have a good, a, a pretty good match, and it was a great way to start the show and to see these guys really have a serious brawl or whatever is was always fun and exciting. Um, and then to have it end in a little, you know, you know, basically just like a surprise roll up finish was a great way to do it. Somehow the cheapest. It, I mean, I, I still it's still always impressive to me that like. The cheap roll-up finish somehow does never takes heat off the guy that got pinned, even though you would think that that would be the easiest thing for them to combat, right? Yeah. You, you should practice that. <laughs> you should have a counter for that. Just keep rolling backwards. <laughs> well, that does happen sometimes. But you're right about that because as silly as it seems and how cheap it seems, the arguably the greatest wrestling match of all time ends on a roll-up. Wait, which Savage Steamboat. Oh, yeah. So how can you how can you fault a finish like that? It, it almost signals to the audience these guys are equals, and they've wrestled a great match, mm-hmm. and it just took one one uh, little moment of advantage, one second of leverage to get the pin for this person. So yes, and that and that's and they did a great job of telling that story. Then we segue. I mean, and this was you know if if this match had happened in a, in isolation on a pay per view, we would have been you know, happy with it, not over the moon. Then Roman, Roman does a nice, his nice little like, I'm going to be a dick, but I'm still going to, but I'm going to give you, I'm going to go through the motions of like shaking your hand, sort of exit. And then Cena comes in and for as, as sort of like, it wasn't paint by numbers, but as like, you know, expected as all the beats in the, in the Reigns Rons match were, Rons just blew all my expectations out of the water when Cena got in the ring. They did the, they, you know, they, they had the story that he was beat up and he was tired and they were just sort of playing that. And then he just started, then he, at the end of the match, when he started pulling out, when he did that, like rolling F5, like that, it's, that was nuts. I, I mean, that's the sort of thing. I mean, it's so, it sounds so petty. That's, that's, those are the, that's the star making moment. Yeah. You know? Also that, that he was so good at baby facing the entire second match sure that he was wrestling from underneath Cena was playing the heel uh, and doing all the things that heels do you know stay down stay, stay d- down yeah. Yeah, cheap shots and kicks and knocking him out of the ring and trying to get a cheap count out it was great because it it made the audience sympathize with Seth Rollins and what we do not get on Raw or sometimes on pay-per-views is that story and that performance and that that thing where the, the the roles are so clearly defined and the small things are done yeah. to build to the high spots. It was a re- it was a masterclass. Yeah, and, and it wouldn't have it wouldn't have worked if we didn't have that first match. No, and it, and and what followed wouldn't have worked without Cena. I mean, it was so like there there is wrestling could have been wrestling could be faker than it is, and and Ron still deserved to be like absolutely spent after that match. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like his, the level of physical exertion, even if that were like a, like a step-by-step choreographed ballet, literal ballet, Rollins like put, gave more percent than I can give in over the, camp, the course of a week. Yeah. It was so amazing. He was doing flips and stuff after 40, 50 minutes. It was, it was, it was crazy. <clears throat> and it told the story and that's really all we ever want. Is tell me a unique, interesting story with interesting characters. Then we get Elias coming in after after Rollins beats Cena. We get Elias comes to the ring. Um, we we uh, we got to talk about Jeff Jarrett. I don't know why that just popped into we'll my head. To Jeff, we'll get to Jeff well, because Jarrett because of later. the guitar thing. Yeah, I almost wish Elias would have just really beaten the crap out of him, just yeah. healed him a little bit more, and it then was that a little match bit, ends. But but at the same time, what they what Elias needs is just. Well, he needs reps, but but he needs reps in our consciousness. He needs to go be a regular wrestler at, at like in the in this sort of opportunity. And I agree with you overall storytelling wise, that might have been the right move. But at the same time, it's like Elias is so over. But there's but I think you got to kind of like 
do like you know eat your veg- they get to do the little eat your vegetables booking where they have to just like establish the fact that he is a wrestler because it's we don't want him to be more over than our like have our expectations be outsized because we just like his songs or we just like his gimmick or we just like his character or we like his the fact that he looks like a video game wrestler. <laughs> That's why I thought it would have been a good opportunity to really get heat on him and make him look dastardly where he, uh, no, he I, just I annihilates this guy who's you know fought through these two wars against two of the best of the best in WWE and and this this guy this opportunist. Yeah. Elias comes in and just you know waylays him with all of his signature moves, chokes him out a little bit, does you know just dastardly bad yeah, things. Yeah. I don't I don't I don't mind that. I think it's cool that he finally got to come out to his music. Yes, that's that's a that's a good point. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I thought he was really good. I think that he was a he was clearly the greenest guy in the ring, including Braun Strowman. I mean, he, there there's just a little bit of there's a little bit of hesitation. I don't want to be like like the telestrator over here, like but like there's a little bit of hesitation before some of his bumps. He, and none of but there's no he has no pro, he has no like glaring errors. You know, he's I mean he's not he's not AJ Styles, but he's gonna be. A really great wrestler, really soon, or he has all he has the the ability to be. Um, but I liked I liked that he was there. He his, he got he got the win over Seth. Although you can't take anything away from Seth after everything he did. Um, and then so he beat Seth relatively quickly, and then the Miz comes out. Wait, how did the Miz beat Elias? I don't even remember anymore. Oh boy, uh, I think he just hit the finish. Oh no, Finn Balor comes out after that. Sorry. That's why oh, you're right. I totally missed yeah, Finn Balor. Finn Balor comes out, his music hits, and the crowd at this point is just they're tired. Yeah. They've seen enough. So Rollins lasted how long? An hour and a half or something like that? Like an hour and ten minutes, twenty minutes. Like the like longest that. Yeah. match in the longest showing in Raw history. Yeah. They said, like, you know, we call we're not calling this one match, but whatever. Someone on Reddit pointed out that Seth Rollins wrestled more on Monday night than Brock Lesnar has wrestled this year. <laughs> um, oh, that's awesome. But it was an incredible showing by Seth. I mean, yeah. Just, just, and I actually wasn't watching live. I started getting tweets and text messages and was like, shit, I got to go home. But then when I realized what was going on, I had to watch it. I didn't want to jump in late. I wanted to experience the whole thing. Yeah. So I actually thought that Seth had won the match when I started watching just because I got some like, holy shit, Seth Rollins, you know, stuff. Because uh, so you was, didn't expect the match to go that long. No. And then even when he lost to Elias, I was just like, I was surprised. But it made total sense. Um, Finn is incredible right now. I'm not going to be mad if he's fighting the. I mean, he's got to be fighting the Miz at WrestleMania, right? It certainly seems like it, though. You could also make a case for Strowman. Yeah. But Strowman did his dizzle on the Miz already. I don't really see any sort of actual issue between those two. I'm not sure why. What the what the benefit is to Strowman having the IC title, unless it's literally to see how he looks with a title around his waist, right? <laughs> will probably be around his shoulder. I don't know if they're going to add more more links to the belt. Um, so anyway, the rest of the match goes pretty much like by the books. I mean, it, it was a really good match. Everybody got their stuff, but the, but the but the high. I mean, the big the big point of the match, the big takeaway was Seth Rollins is is legit. Seth Rollins is a main event contender. Seth Rollins can do anything Seth Rollins wants to now, and yeah. he's and he's also got his whole move set back. He did a buckle bomb on Monday. He did. He's been doing the stomp. What are they calling it now? The stomp. <laughs> but doesn't they have a name for it? It should be the blackout, but oh. they kept calling it the stomp, which is just like, how do you keep botching the finisher for one of your top stars? Just make make it have a name, a real name. What if all of his moves were taken from like 90s, early 2000s Broadway shows? <laughs> <laughs> the cats. Um, the In the Heights. So... Anyway, that match is really great. I mean, we can we should just segue right into talking about Elimination Chamber because that's what sort of matters. Is there anything from SmackDown you want to get in before we get away from that? Nope. <laughs> I don't think SmackDown is very good right now. I do want to say Braun Strowman is getting to be so good at being a babyface that I'm concerned. Because... Okay, this is really interesting. Go ahead. I'm concerned because... The thing that people love about him, similar to Goldberg, is he comes in, everybody knows he's going to destroy everybody. He does it, and people are stoked, and then it's over. But if we learned anything from this show and from Seth Rollins, it's that people really get behind you when you have adversity 
and you have to deal with adversity yeah. from Hulk Hogan to Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart to Stone Cold to, well, not, not John Cena so much because people got sick of that, that formula. But all of the greats, The Rock, uh, all those people, they had to wrestle from underneath and they had to have opponents who seemed either more powerful, more dastardly, uh, or just more conniving than they were. And they needed to overcome some some odds. Well, Cena, Cena's got some of that. We'll touch on that a little bit. Cena's trying to be an underplay, kind of metaphorical underdog right now. Um, and we'll talk about that in a sec. But I, I agree. I mean, making a... Making a giant sympathetic is is a really hard trick. I mean, examples in our lifetime include the big boss man taking Big Show's dad's corpse and dragging <laughs> it around. Like that's <laughs> the, what you got to do to like make a giant seem vulnerable and sympathetic. Yeah, or you do the Mark Henry thing and you give them a sex addiction. Right, but that's I mean, so so it's hard. Like the power of Braun Strowman in a lot of ways is like the is like the fact that he's self-aware isn't the right thing, but there is a little bit of like a Jim Halpert smirk going on. Like he does something really crazy and like 80s booking and then he's goofy, then he does something goofy enough to let you know that like it's not like, like there's a little bit of a wink. Yeah, but in in the mechanics of a wrestling match or a wrestling feud, the meta stuff isn't necessarily going to sell tickets. No, I agree. But what, yeah. I, but what I'm saying is the meta stuff is what it's like. That's the what's powering his current run, where he's sort of a tweener. Yeah. If he's just a baby face, then it's either he loses that self awareness because he's kind of slapping hands or just sort. I don't. He, it, it's almost like he necessarily loses the self awareness, or he becomes a goofball. I don't know what the middle ground is. That's it's a it's a a trick they're going to have so to pull off. We uh, the Ringer published a piece today as we're recording this on Wednesday uh, by Kenny Herzog, who's going to do hopefully some some uh, wrestling blogging for us for the next you know between now and Mania, and uh, he was writing about Chamber. Elimination Chamber and the road to WrestleMania. There's all these unanswered questions. And this is, it seems sort of, we're at a strange point where like we're this close, but we don't know anything. We talked about that last week. But his, when he was writing about about Elimination Chamber, he was just like, you know, spoiler, I guess, for the piece, but you should definitely read it. It was, uh, you know, he just sort of went in with the assumption that that Strowman's going to win, which is funny, which I'm like, I totally endorse this point of view. Like, I'm glad that you have a take. Um, but I think if I got like if I got like five smart wrestling people in here and said like you know tell me who's going to win there'd probably be a lot of strong opinions and they wouldn't be the same opinions mm-hmm. you know like everybody has a different like you can kind of make the case for a lot of these people. Well, they did a really really smart thing in doing those backstage segments as the picture in picture boxes so that everybody could state their case. Mm-hmm. They could say how much this meant to them. And to do it after going through this match where they're, you know, tired and disappointed, but determined. And I think those emotions are the emotions that wrestling fans connect to the most. I thought Cena's promo was really great and did did a lot of that. His desperation uh, was really compelling. Seth Rollins' determination, uh, even though he had this great showing, he still needs to win. You know, that sold the pay-per-view to me. All right, we're going to preview the Elimination Chamber, but before we move on, let's take a quick break. ButcherBox. They deliver healthy, 100% grass-fed and finished beef, free-range organic chicken, and heritage-bred pork directly to your door. All their products are humanely raised the way nature intended. Woo! And free from antibiotics and hormones. Plus, each box comes with at least 8 to 11 pounds of meat, which is enough for 24 individual-sized meals unless you're Braun Strowman. Think of them as your neighborhood butcher shop from modern America with five different box types, including all beef, beef and chicken, beef and pork, the mixed box, and the custom box, which lets you choose your own cuts. Order now and get $10 off and free bacon by using the code masked at butcherbox.com. You can give it a try anytime without any penalty, so just give it a try right now. Plus, by taking out the middleman and purchasing directly from a collector collective of ranches, ButcherBox is able to offer a price of just $129 a month, which works out to less than $6 a meal, and shipping is free anywhere in the continental 48 United States. Now, I have been eating ButcherBox this week. Yeah? My life is different. 
This I know that sometimes you do this like I have been using this product and no one really cares or whatever. I've been eating exclusively ButcherBox food for six days now. That's why you look so swole. I'm swole. I am healthy. You're getting that protein you need. I'm not even joking. I opened this box and I was like, oh, cool, some free bacon. And like steaks were falling out. These delicious <laughs> like pork chops. It It is the best. Listen. I mean, just really, there is nothing better. There's no better present to buy for yourself and then get delivered to your house than a box full of meat. Oh, what a surprise. It's a box of meat. That's great. Like we said, that's butcherbox.com. Offer code MASK, so that's M-A-S-K-E-D, to order now to get $10 off and free bacon. Check it out right now. And now back to the show. All right, so let's talk about the paper. Yeah. Elimination Chamber, 2018. There are lots of people wrestling in a lot of ma- and very few matches. So on the in the men's elimination chamber for a match at WrestleMania 34, we have Braun Strowman versus Elias versus Finn Balor versus John Cena versus Roman Reigns versus Seth Rollins versus The Miz. Um, let's go through these one by one and let's play a little make the case. Like, like let's, how do we book these people in, into the main event? I mean, obviously we don't have to spend a half hour on booking R- Roman Reigns into the main event versus <laughs> Brock Lesnar. Um, by the way, I just, it's weird that we're, I know this, it's weirder in my head than it is when I say it out loud, but is it, it is it weird to you, Dave Schilling, that we're this close, relatively close to WrestleMania and the only sure things that we have by, I mean, according to WWE are, that Nakamura will be in a match, presumably that that Lesnar will be in a match, and Asuka will be in... And we're talking about the, the headlining matches, Asuka, <laughs> and I guess presumably Ronda Rousey, but it's like we have, of the three big matches, it feels like we have three challengers sort of... Like the, cha- like the, the champions are even more of a wild card than the challengers right now. I, I think it's a problem. I think they, they, they're trying to address it by having fewer pay-per-views, and and giving some breathing room to the ones they have, but because you've got this need to book elimination chamber and have um, you know some some intrigue leading into WrestleMania or Fastlane intrigue leading into WrestleMania, that it doesn't allow the audience to focus on the thing that they really want you to focus on, which is the big show in New Orleans. So instead of okay, here's our card. It's already the end of February. We might as well just start booking this and getting people excited and, and building the stories, they just have people point at a sign. Mm-hmm. That reminds you, WrestleMania is coming, and have people say WrestleMania, WrestleMania all the time. But what we really want is the equivalent of Ric Flair and Macho Man at WrestleMania 8. Or We want the build. We want the build. The build, to me, was always more fun than the matches. I mean, not more fun, but equally as fun, because you get to see these stories, these monumental stories that will be important to wrestling for years to come be told with some with some patience and some deliberation. Sure, Instead, I, where it's just like, where's a bunch of five-man matches and six-woman matches, and you know, we'll figure it out three weeks before the show. Yeah, well, hopefully they have it figured out, and we'll, we'll see some of that storytelling on Monday. That'll, I mean, if, if I mean, on Sunday, if on Monday we're 75% of the way there, then I'll, all of this is sort of moot, yeah. right? doesn't really matter what happens at Fastlane. That's just like, I think we can all kind of guess what's going to happen at Fastlane. Yeah. I also see the uh, one you know logical reason they do this is because injuries force them to change their plans all the time. Sure. Yeah. Just have the, they should just do every every WrestleMania. They should just have like a battle royal to determine the number one contender to open the show. <laughs> yeah, why not? That way you know okay. exactly who's available. So I'm just going to go in order of the Wikipedia page here. Braun Strowman. It's pretty easy to imagine him in the main event against Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. These these two giant dudes just you know just slapping each other with giant ham hocks, and you know presumably the end result would be Braun. Throwing Brock through, you know, five cement walls and then pinning him, bringing the the dome down on his head, you know, the whole thing, just and and winning the match, and then Monday night Raw after WrestleMania, with, like the Braun Strowman era begins. Yeah, and you could book that. There's a million ways you could book that, but it's pretty easy to imagine 
he comes out on Raw to celebrate and Seth Rollins or Finn Balor with the club, even better, whatever comes out. And then we're off and running. When or the new Roman. Era. Yeah, or Roman Reigns. There you I go. mean, I think that's the most logical first feud for Strowman after he wins the hypothetical mm-hmm. universal title is let's run it back with Roman Reigns. That was a hot feud last year. Let's do it again with the belt. Yeah. Uh, to me, as someone who watches wrestling every week, and has consumed all of this content and seen how these stories have played out, the only truly logical match to have at WrestleMania for the Universal title is Brock Lesnar and Braun Strowman. Mm-hmm. Because it's Strowman has wrestled him twice on pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. Came up short the first time in a match that I think a lot of people were disappointed in because they expected more from it. Uh, and then also coming up short in the triple threat at Royal Rumble. But also, I guess there was a SummerSlam match, too, so that counts. So this is this would be the fourth time he's had a chance to win the belt. Yeah. Um, he's been he's chasing actively this belt, as yeah. opposed to Roman Reigns, who's kind of just been all over the place. Been the Intercontinental Champion for a while. Very rarely talks about Brock Lesnar. Yeah, but at the same time, it's like we all know the meta story with Roman Reigns. They're either trying to figure out a way to book him back to the top. Yeah. And I don't think anybody, kayfabe or in real life, thinks that Roman Reigns has ever stopped thinking about the world, the universal title. Sure. So, what, but I, I agree with that. All right. Um, I like that you're, I like your strong take for Strowman. I still think it's a little bit rough, and I'm not going to go into conspiracy theorizing about the, you know, Lesnar shooting on Strowman and whether or not he wants to work with him, you know, in the main event at WrestleMania. But, um, I'm not sure as cool like that. That's much more of a poster than it is a match, right? Yeah. And Kenny touched on this a little bit in the piece, but in a year without, we don't know what Triple H is going to do. We don't know if Undertaker is going to be at WrestleMania. There's no The Rock coming back to save the day. Like you might really need something big out of this match. You know, you you might need 40 minutes or at least 25. You know, and you and it, and it, you need it to be good. And I'm not sure that Lesnar Strowman is that match. Sure. Yeah. I mean, Nakamura, Nakamura Styles is definitely that match. They can sure, give you 30 but, they, but but like, what's the marquee? Right. You know. I mean, and that and that and if the if the biggest match is is you know is a 12 minute match that basically is a glorified squash to change the you know, changing of the guard style thing. I don't know if that really does it. Maybe it does. Hogan versus Andre wasn't 40 minutes long, but yeah. And also last year, Goldberg Lesnar. Very brief, what, seven minutes tops? But really satisfying seven minutes. Mm-hmm. And if they can do 10, because it's not Goldberg now, it's like young Haas, Bra- uh, Braun Strowman, that's going to be fine if that's like the last match. After every single match you've seen, you know, six hours, seven hours of WrestleMania, don't you just want something that's like, all right, this is going to be the most basic booking you've ever seen. It's going to be a spectacle. You're going to have two big guys, and you're going to get the happy ending. This is the weird happy ending jokes aside. This is like the <laughs> weird thing about Lesnar's situation. with One of the many weird things about Lesnar's situation with WWE, just is it's that for all they've paid him for over the past however many years to be a pretty, you know— minimally minimally involved champion or headliner even when he wasn't champion. It's sort of like The Undertaker last year. It's like when so, when someone has reached a certain level of esteem, it almost feels like a disappointment for them to go out on their back even though that's what wrestlers are supposed to do. Right. Right? I would rather them have like 20 minutes, 25 minutes of a really good, just like brutal fu- brawl and even have, and have Strowman win by like some sort of, if not chicanery, you know, like Lesnar knocks himself out or something like that and have Strowman win that way, to have Lesnar looking good as he goes out the door than just having him really put Strowman over in the old school way. I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy. I I think if there's, you know, a big high spot that involves something breaking, (laughs) I think you accomplish that. Yeah. Where Lesnar doesn't lose his aura, but Strowman looks like a world beater. I don't even care about the aura. I really just care about them. Like, I would rather have Lesnar win a hard-fought match by an inch and then, like, relinquish the title the next night than to have Strowman squash him. Wow. I mean, I it should definitely not be a squash. There's no question in my mind that I'm that just saying if a it's a seven-minute match yeah. that's, and, and, the, and the point is the Strowman era is beginning, regardless of what happens, it's going to feel like a squash when we look back two weeks later. Like, it's that, that's, that's my—maybe I'm just being, making too hot of a take. We got to keep moving. Is there any way Elias wins this match? No. No. That, that, <laughs> no. 
other than he uh, loses the shot uh, on a raw to someone else. Okay, so well, I'm going to skip ahead. Roman Reigns can definitely win this match. Yeah, there's, there's Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar is the easiest booking to write, like you could possibly. It writes itself. Yeah, not I don't in think, an interesting. It's not. It's, <laughs> this isn't War and Peace, but yeah. it writes itself. I don't think he needs to beat Brock Lesnar anymore. I think he's such a big star and he's so accomplished now that it's going to be an anticlimax for him to beat him when it does happen. When it, it's going to happen, it's going to be a flat ending. But that's where they're yeah, going. I mean, and that's what's going to happen. This is such a sounds like such a minor quibble, especially for a match that hasn't and and might not happen. But like they they need to figure out a huge finishing spot for that match if it happens. Like he needs he needs a Braun Strowman moment of like slamming Lesnar, doing something to Lesnar that no one's ever done before to get that win. Yeah, even because if it's thirty Superman punches, it takes him oh so many Samoan drops and Superman punches and whatever. It takes all this stuff to get him to st- finally stay down. It's like we've seen that before. Yeah, even in the Triple H match at WrestleMania 32, it wasn't just like he hits a spear and it's over. It's Triple H knocks Stephanie into the table and everybody gets to pop for Stephanie finally getting her comeuppance. And then you have the finish. So the crowd is stoked because hated Stephanie McMahon just went through a table. I agree with you completely that if they're going to do this, I think in both cases, Strowman or Reigns, there needs to be some sort of big high spot to finish it. So we got so. What, what do you, so you you are you think Strowman's going to win? No, I think Reigns is going to win. And if if I'm betting, and I always you think Strowman is just the more compelling story after over the span of the last year. Absolutely. So Reigns is going to win, according to you. Yeah. Now the other two are interesting. The, the other four people in the match, I said two. It was, it was a slip, but it, it has a reason. Finn Balor, John Cena. Elias and The Miz, because these four guys probably have the lower odds of winning this match, but have, uh, you know, very good odds of ending up in, in as dance partners at WrestleMania, yep. right? A lot of Finn Balor versus The Miz rumors, and and frankly, I don't know if they put the Finn Balor together with the club because they were bored one day or because they just really wanted that DX moment at Raw 25, but if you're looking for a random reason to do it, uh, putting together another threesome to deal with the Miz and the Miz Taraji at WrestleMania makes as much sense as anything else. 100%. Um, and, and you know who can really use that Intercontinental title is Finn Balor. He would, he I've been making this case for months that that's really where he belongs on the card right now. It's what he needs is a belt and some legitimacy and a big win at a big pay-per-view. Elias and John Cena have had a little heat. You wouldn't be surprised to see them working together at WrestleMania, although... And I alluded to this earlier. John Cena's whole storyline now is I got to win this Elimination Chamber or I might not have a match at WrestleMania. And if the answer is I lost, but I'm just going to have the second match on the card against Elias, that is a terrible letdown. Yeah, it's I mean, The Undertaker has been videotaped doing squats and he looks like he's in shape. Uh, I think that that's it's pretty clear that's where we're going. Cena versus Taker. Yeah, because if they're making a big deal about Cena needs a a, a partner, he right. needs someone to wrestle, that he needs would a fulfill purpose. it. He could yeah. lose the Elimination Chamber or Undertaker could interfere or something. Yeah, I'm not. Never mind. I'm no more fantasy booking about megastars interfering in pay per view main events because it never happens. No, they no, save no. it for later every yeah. time. Mm-hmm. Remember when you picked uh, CM Punk to win the Royal Rumble? I was very clear <laughs> at the time that I was doing it to put that ghost to bed. You got a lot of heat for that, brother. Um, I'll take that heat. That's fine. Um, listen, Conor McGregor is out there today saying he's like going to fight in the UFC again soon, no matter what Dana White says. So, like, if Conor's going to come back to UFC, CM, CM Punk, Punk, yeah, we, we, why why not put the jabroni of, of UFC out there and let him take a pin? Um, so, what do you think? What do you think, Elias, who is, I think everyone would agree, one of the top two stars in professional wrestling? That was not serious. But uh, <laughs> we all love Elias very much. What do you think Elias is doing at WrestleMania if it's not John Cena? First of all, everybody out there, don't don't complain that I said take a pin in UFC. I, I was joking. Uh, second thing, Elias at WrestleMania is a tricky one because he's wrestled kind of everybody on his level that's babyface. On Raw, there's I can't really think of somebody who's sitting around not doing something that would be a worthwhile opponent for Elias. Mm-hmm. Um, Finn Balor is kind of the guy, but they had a very long program. Maybe Matt Hardy. Could you do? Could you put him into the IC title match? Just do a three way with the Miz and that's that's Finn? that's likely. Or or you have him win the Andre. Yeah, I mean they're gonna like do the down. Andre. Yeah. 
I would love it if Elias just fully embraced the guitar, like the honky tonk man thing, and was just like, this guitar entitles me to the IC title. <laughs> yeah, why not? Uh, I think at some point he's going to have another program for the IC title with Finn Balor, but I just don't, I don't see, I, 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 there's, there's reasons to put him in the match. It's just not as compelling or exciting to me as these two guys with their entourages facing each other at the biggest show of the year. Next week, or sometime in the coming weeks, we're going we're gonna to spin this forward and do, who, depending on who wins at WrestleMania, who, is, who are they wrestling on Monday night? Like, what's their first post-Mania feud? Yeah. Um, all right, let's move on to the Women's Elimination Chamber, the first ever women's. Oh, are you saying the Miz is not going to be, uh, doesn't have a chance to <laughs> wrestle Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania? That's an absolute no. I know. You can. I mean, and we skipped I'm over. Kidding, you I'm can kidding. easily put Finn Balor or Seth Rollins into that match. It's, that's oh, yeah. not a hard thing to fantasy book. Yeah, not at all. Especially with the way they booked Rollins last week, and that generally that Finn. I mean, Finn is still. He's never had a title match since he came back. Oh man! What if they just put everybody? What if they put all seven of these guys and Brock Lesnar into the same match at WrestleMania? Unfortunately, that feels like our future. A fatal eight way. Yeah. <laughs> the octopus match. Okay, women's title match. Let's talk about that. Women's Elimination Chamber. Hold on, I just want to say for the record, oh. if, if if Finn or Seth wins, I will be happy. I'll be thrilled, yeah. That would be I, a great, great decision by WWE. And and based on Monday night, that would, I mean, they Monday night both told the story of how Seth wins the Elimination Chamber and how Seth loses because he's exhausted and he, he overdoes it. There's nobody in that match where I would say, oh, I can't believe they won, that sucks. Elias, I would say that. No, it'd be, it'd be cool for him. Oh, you know, I'd yeah. be like, oh, that's that's great. Well, yeah, I agree with the. I mean, I mean the first half, not that that sucks part. Okay, and the Miz too would be pretty shocking. He's the Intercontinental Champion. Yeah, and you know him versus Strowman. I mean, him versus Lesnar has the I least guess those are two really big, 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 big pop culture names. Sure. Anyway, the Women's Elimination Chamber match. Alexa is the champion, defending her belt inside the cage, which is not fair to her. But against Bailey, Mandy Rose, Mickey James, Sasha Banks, and Sonya Deville. Um. Also on the card is Asuka versus Nick, Nia Jax. If Nia Jax wins, then she's a part of whichever title match Asuka has at WrestleMania, which is weird because I'm not sure that I'm not sure that whatever deal Stephanie McMahon and Kurt Angle make with her is binding for SmackDown if Asuka decides to go take on Charlotte for that title. It's always seemed to me that the road forward is Asuka taking on Charlotte because that would be an incredible, cool match. It would also put her and potentially Nia Jax onto the SmackDown women's roster, which could be a huge boon for them, um, at least temporarily. And then you can have, if if Rousey, but that makes sense if Rousey's working a singles match because then Rousey can destroy Alexa Bliss in relatively short order, or they can flip the belt onto Bailey or Sasha or something like that and just have, you know, have a really, really competent hand there for Rousey to bulldoze in her first match. Now, we'll see on Sunday. Rousey's signing that contract. I don't know what we're going to get. I'm co- becoming le- more and more convinced that there's not a singles match in her near future. Yeah, I don't think so either. I, you know, they, they, Putting out that video of her training says to me, we're not sure if she's ready, but we're going to try to make people who's, assume who's she Whose training video was better? Was it her doing trying to wrestle or Shane McMahon doing that, like, Brazilian jiu-jitsu before his <laughs> big, after his big comeback last year. There's so many great training videos in WWE history. One of my favorites is Hogan training before the Andre match on the main event. Oh, yeah. It's set to Jake Roberts' theme song. Or... I only had so many songs. The classic uh, training videos for Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart. Oh, yeah. Iron Man match, WrestleMania 12. Um, Who's going to win this match? Oh, boy. Um... Interestingly enough, a lot of the the rumor has been that there's a movement to put the belt on Sasha Banks, uh-huh. which I think is a smart choice. Now, everybody knows I'm a big Sasha Banks mark, but the current rumored Raw women's title match at WrestleMania is Alexa Bliss versus Nia Jax. That doesn't do it for me. That is not going to get it done. Not because so I have Oscar a prob- would go to SmackDown. Yes, because she because Charlotte is amazing and dominant, and she wants that prestige. Yes. So Nia Jax will get the raw. So Nia Jax could just be could just be earning on on Sunday night could earn the spot basically in the title match if she beats Oscar and she won't. But if she were to beat Oscar and then Oscar says I'm going to SmackDown, 
What terrible booking that would be. That'd be awful. Asuka's like tail between her legs. But if she did that, <laughs> then Nia Jax would just kind of by default be the number one contender on the Raw side. Right, right. All right. So some something like that. Maybe it's a no contest, whatever we got. But we have... We can figure out a way to... to Use chicanery to get her in that match. I think that the move is. I mean, I, I, I don't. I had not heard this rumor. I think it would be really smart to get Sasha, have Sasha as champion, and let her thing with Bailey be a sidebar to what's going on at WrestleMania. That way, you can kind of have three or four people involved in the title match, but only two people wrestling. Does right. that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, I just, I think that putting the belt on Sasha Banks and and making her issue with Bailey that's developing and, and progressing wherever it's going to go is more compelling than what will amount to a squash match. Alexa Bliss and, and Nia Jax do not work for me as, as a match because of the size difference. They're both great performers in their own way, but I just don't, that doesn't feel like a money match to me. It's not something that people are dying to well, see. Well, they have been telling that story over a period of time. I'm not going to hate that. I mean, as long as if we're getting Oscar Charlotte too, I mean, I don't, and Ronda Rousey in a mixed tag match with, I don't know. Just doesn't it, doesn't it feel strange to you that they have this Oscar Nia Jax match where they're both being built up to be unstoppable monsters, but someone hypothetically has to lose? One thing we didn't talk about was the fact that we're, combining Raw and SmackDown pay-per-views going forward. Mm. That's not good for me. It's good for me. I know, you So what's this. the official announcement? That we're doing fewer pay-per-views there or no? Not only fewer pay-per-views. How many are we doing? One a month. Oh, instead of two a month. And everyone is a dual. And do they give any more details on how they'll do it? Not really. No, I, I you know, I Great Balls of Fire is out. There's no roadblocks or fast lanes I anymore. saw that Meltzer said there's going to be a whole lot of multi-person tags, yeah. which is... First of all, I don't know what the problem is with that. Everybody, I mean, I'm not saying that he said there was a problem. If anyone thinks there's a problem, I mean, they do this shit at, you know, most have seen a lot of those matches at PWG. You know, and New it's Japan just like, does whatever. a lot of yeah, them you too. Just, you always you got to do, but that's and that's fine. But w- my case when I when we had this argument months ago about me saying that every pay per view should be dual branded, um, my argument was that you don't you can just earn your way you have to earn your way on to every show and maybe not you know obviously booking plays a big part of it but it's a good thing if you know Matt Hardy versus Bray Wyatt doesn't have to be on the pay-per-view just because it's time for a pay-per-view it's just time for a raw pay-per-view sure sure if it needs another month of bubbling you know of building up on raw or on you know YouTube then give it that. It just seems to me that a lot of the same people are going to be on every pay-per-view and a lot of the same people are going to be not on the pay-per-view and that it's fewer opportunities to get longer matches for If, if that's projects. what happens, then you're right. If they do, obviously the type, the champions are going to be, you know, probably going to be on everyone. Or maybe they just do one championship match in each one, whatever. But That's another thing is you've got two women's titles, you've got two tag titles. Certainly makes got smack, two, I mean, certainly makes SummerSlam or whatever the biggest of big shows seem bigger if we get both top tier, all four main titles are, are not on one yeah. show. For the only, and that's the only, you know, it's only the big shows. All, all the shows are going to be longer, allegedly, which doesn't make me feel good because they're already too long. Everything's too long. Everything is too long. I was heard like Pritchard or somebody talking about one hour episodes of Raw sometime in the past couple of weeks. And I was just like, oh, Jesus, I would give anything. That'd for- be awesome. Uh, but if it was up to me and they were going to just, have fewer pay-per-views, you alternate. You do a Raw pay-per-view, then a SmackDown pay-per-view, then a Raw pay-per-view, then a SmackDown pay-per-view, and make the the show that doesn't have the pay-per-view have a big super card on free TV to make well, those shows Well, that's the other, that's the other thing is I don't know. I think that probably part of their calculus is that, like, they could just do more NXT shows or cruiserweight kind of classic-type shows or May Young, show, you know, whatever – and and I don't think those are probably getting the same numbers as the regular pay-per-views are, but... They don't care. No one's going to stop subscribing. Right. As long as they, they're getting things, you know? Um, all right, we got to get out of here soon. Let's I don't care about card. the rest of that card. <laughs> Hardy versus wow. Wyatt and Shane, I mean, and the bar versus Titus and Apollo is uh, yeah. is cool stuff, but, I, you know, it's... Those it, are the kinds of matches that you will not get to see once they go to dual-branded pay-per-views. You're right about that. Uh, on one level... It's a shame that those guys are not going to get the paydays, but, but we do, can, do I want to see Titus uh, worldwide versus the bar? Not really. I think, well, first of all, Titus looked kind of good on Monday, and Apollo's incredible. Titus R. still R. needs Cruz. to wear elbow um, pads. But, yes, he still does. But 
then they can go back to swapping the titles on Raw more often or you know having big matches that that matter. That's on what Raw. I want to see. That's what I want to see. And that's a good thing. All right. Um so I don't care about those. So your picks officially are <laughs> Yeah. I guess we'll make official picks. We're not going to talk about them. Your I'm pick gonna... for Bar versus uh, Titus and Apollo. <laughs> the Bar. Yeah, I think it has to be them. Well, it'll be interesting to see who they end up well, wrestling at wrestling. What? What what are the options for them at WrestleMania? I, I mean, to me, Gallows and Anderson. It's super logical. On the SmackDown side, it seems like they're lit, they're hanging Bludgeon Brothers versus the Usos out for that's going to be their WrestleMania match. They are are great. Didn't the New Day lo- lose the ability to ever wrestle the Usos again and now they're wrestling the Usos again? Yep. <laughs> this is why I didn't want to talk about SmackDown. All right, never mind. I was gonna say if 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 they didn't do that, they should just do a, ta- a you know champions versus champions tag team match because no one that's the only way we're gonna fit everybody on the card in a fulfilling. Yeah, way. but S- Survivor that's, Series I is know, the only I time know. when Raw and SmackDown. So your compete. pick is the bar. Yeah, um, I am going to I'm going to go with Titus and Apollo. Wow, bold, bold. Uh, Matt Hardy, Woken Matt Hardy versus Bray Wyatt. I think because Bray won clean at Raw 25, Matt has to get a win. Otherwise, you this think thing is Brother Nero will be involved. He's still hurt, isn't he? Well, you, he doesn't have to be healthy. He was backstage at 25. It's not like he has to be healthy to be in face paint. Sure, but I mean, Jason Jordan could be on TV right now, just hanging out with Kurt Angle, and he's not. Cool. That's a good point. <laughs> no, no, Dean Ambrose on TV. Uh, so your pick is is Hardy. Yeah, I, I think if this is going to continue or if this is going to end, either one. He has I think to win. you're making a lot of sense, but I'm going to go with Bray Wyatt because nothing about booking Bray Wyatt makes sense. Um, Oscar versus Nia Jax. I, the, I got you, dibs on the no no contest. Damn it, because that's what I was going to say. You can say the I'm same. I'm still going to say no contest or some sort of chicanery or a non finish because it just doesn't make sense for either of them to take a pin, and you want to have a reason for. Nia Jax to end up in this title match if that's really where they're going. Um, the women's elimination chamber match. My mind says You're, it's Sasha not going to be. It's not going to be Mandy Rose or Sonya Deville. Sorry, ladies. No. Or Mickey James. It's going to be either Alexa Bliss, Bailey, or Sasha Banks. And I have a hard time imagining it's Bailey. It yeah, seems like a weird time to strap it to her back. Yeah, it seems like if they're going to do that, then she needs to beat Sasha at WrestleMania. So I'm going to go with Sasha Banks because not only does my heart say Sasha Banks, but my mind says Sasha Banks finally gets that pay-per-view win. I would love that. I'm going to go with Alexa Bliss just because. Um, and then on the men's side, Strowman, Elias, Balor, Cena, Reigns, Rollins, Miz. I don't want to look, look like a fool on Monday, so I'm going to go with Roman Reigns. The big dog. Ooh, this is really hard. It's surprisingly hard, right? Because they did such a good job making you think Braun Strowman is going to win. I think. I think. I, I feel like Strowman and Reigns and and Lesnar in a triple threat at Mania makes a lot of sense. And I know they don't like doing triple threats at Mania. I know they don't like doing multi party. I mean, as we're doing, as we're entering a month of only of matches where you have to have five people to enter. Um, uh, I still I know they don't love it. The only other logical person for Strowman to wrestle at WrestleMania is Triple H. There's nobody else who's physically intimidating enough or over enough to do what they need to do with him, which is make him look like a million bucks. If he squashes the Miz, no one's going to care. He already squashed the Miz on Raw. Roman versus Triple H would be fun too. Yeah, that'd be great. Let's do that again. Um. All right, I'm going to go with. Uh, I want to say Roman Reigns, but I feel like us both picking Roman Reigns is a weird look. It's really not because you just have to go with what you believe. Just go. Don't worry about what I'm saying. What do you think? Um, we already said no I, contest. For... I think it's Elias. <laughs> uh, I'm just kidding. I'm gonna. Go... Yeah, I'm gonna go with Roman Reigns. Um, all right. We did not get a chance to talk about Jeff Jarrett's entry into the WWE Hall of Fame, but I will say we I, we will talk about it next week. Definitely, I'm going to prepare. We got a lot, but of I have. Stuff I, but up. I just want to say for everybody out there that is like rolling their eyes as WWE announces Jeff Jarrett, that thinks it's like a travesty that he's in there. You are wrong and dumb, and I hate you. <laughs> and I hope you never listen to my podcast again. Oh my except god! Except out of, in, out I'm, of terror. I'm the one who has to respond to all those mean tweets next week. I will defend Jeff Jarrett's entry in the WWE Hall of Fame. And I will take the other position because I think it's ridiculous. That's so wrong. It's so wrong. Jeff Jarrett is a true legend in our business. I'll just say, 
as you're listening to this and fuming at me, just take half a second and go to his Wikipedia page and scroll down to championships and accomplishments. Oh my God. All right? This is the Memphis mark in you coming out. It the, every year there's there's territorial legends inducted in the Hall of Fame. Why don't you go watch some old USWA tape? I will, and I, I've already done it today. You know, you don't even have to tell me to. <laughs> All right, listen. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. Enjoy the Elimination Chamber. We'll mm-hmm. be back here next week. Um, apologies to Dean Ambrose, who apparently got his hair cut. What? I've only, I, I, I've, oh, I've just heard rumors. Is that from Rosenberg? Directly no. from the source? It's from people that have seen him at hockey games. Ooh, and boy. we'll see you back here next week, Humanoids. Humanoids.